Bro, I just listened back to this recording and my accent is all over the place. I sound Swedish, I sound Russian, neither of which I can speak properly. Um, it's so weird, I'm sorry, but you'll have to bear with me. Hello and welcome to the Lucimer Podcast. I actually don't seem to know what to talk about for today's episode. I've got some topics in mind, but they're not that appealing to me. I uh, suppose I could use a bit of self-awareness right now. So, okay, so what are the problems that are currently troubling me? Well, it's it's, it's 2021. I've started this year the right way, I believe. I am uh, better acknowledged to what I have to do, uh, what I have to work on. And I also know what goes into accomplishing this work to a reasonable extent. I guess what I lack is sort of living the moment. I mean, I do that, but it still doesn't feel right. I don't think... Yeah, I don't think it's because I'm tired. I've been there many times, I know how that feels. Or maybe I am tired and I'm just denying it. Um, yeah, my eyes are wandering, trying to find something. Meditation. <laughs> Meditation is weird in this way. Um, I have this sort of reaction to these moments of self-awareness where I remember being told something like, you don't have to do anything. You can just relax and observe and let go. And it's a bit weird, right? Because I've also come to associate meditation with solely self-relaxation, but it seems to me that meditation could potentially be a proactive approach. As in my case right now, uh, I'm sort of drifting away as I don't have any problems to deal with, which is strange, right? Uh, Feels as though if I don't actively deal with any particular problem all the time, uh, my chances of getting ambushed by some more serious problem diminish significantly. I don't know what I think about that, though. Um, I suppose that I've got to associate myself with this constant thought process. And now that it's stopped, um, I've also come to not feel like myself anymore. That's the thing, when you get in this state of mind, it's like, there's the world, and then there's me, and then there's also the part of me who's thinking about this. And it's all separated, uh, detached from one another, and so I, I guess I first have to reattach uh, myself to my own body, and only after that I'll get to interact with the world. Mm. But there's a way around this though, which is, uh, well, a cold shower. Like I always tell myself, when I feel like a cold shower is too much for me, that's when I really need one. Because it sort of bypasses your thought process and, and gets your whole being engaged. Which is when you get that meaningful, that burst of 
energy and confidence and it's so cool um but something yeah something similar happens to me when i have a therapeutic conversation with someone because my mind gets pinned into the conversation because it's not just something that comes from within myself but also something that happens to me um it's why even though uh, most social events feel oversaturated to me due to my introverted nature a conversation an, an actual conversation like a therapeutic one is always something that i'm looking for even though even though it can be frightening for a wide variety of reasons um so i guess the question is what makes for a therapeutic conversation and yeah, for that, the answer would probably derive from the more humanistic approach of psychology, um, which I haven't got to read through, um, except for a couple of books, including uh, Carl Rogers' book titled Becoming a Person, a Therapist's View of Psychotherapy. Yeah, And in it, uh, Rogers described his experiences and his overall approach to psychotherapy and also backing some of it up with research. And I'm an, honestly, I'm an admirer of humanistic therapy, even though at times I think it goes a bit out of bounds with regards to its own efficiency. But generally speaking, I think it's fair to say that therapeutic conversations are at the core of the humanistic approach and the individual is at the center of all that one's own experiences, struggles, goals, and resources, right? That's how you address the individual. You don't just put a tag on them and, and treat them um, like every other person whom they share traits with, as if they're an equation of, of, of sorts. Um, hmm, I think I'm going to quote myself here. Uh, to be reasonlessly pressured into making a sacrifice either by culture or by someone else is to be dismissed as an individual. Hmm. And, and when I first wrote that, people told me it's not reasonlessly, it's unreasonably. But that's not what I'm saying though. I'm not saying don't use poor reasons for when taking an action. Um... What I'm saying is that oftentimes there is no reason behind it, as in a conscious reason. And I meant to emphasize that with um, that word, reasonlessly. It's just an emotional response, a habit, something that you don't think through before making a, you know, before making the request to someone. And we have no idea how often that happens. And. Well, fair enough, it's not that big of an issue that frequently, but it still gets immensely overlooked by people. And it's one of the things that ruin conversations for me. It's like I'm not even there and, and nobody's there either because we're all part of this algorithm. And, and in some sense, we're always part of that algorithm. But at those times, it's painfully obvious and ultimately, well, boring captures it well enough, I think. Yeah, I guess let's move on to something else. A friend asked me yesterday, 
how can someone um, emotionally detach, say, from an abusive family? And, you know, is that even possible? And, well, it is possible. However, this sort of thing may happen as a consequence of an abusive relationship. Uh, it's, it's not something that you can necessarily implement in your life as a coping method. Um, mainly because it's unrealistic that you can simply just detach from being emotionally invested in one area of your life while also being emotionally available under any other set of circumstances. Although um, an emotion-focused coping strategy will manage to do something similar for you, but it requires a lot of work uh, with yourself, like you might begin to notice that you're really becoming emotionally detached already, which in and of itself is not something that you're really interested in, and you'll want well, you'll have to ask yourself a lot of questions and you're gonna end up crying a lot because of all the turmoil that you're slowly overcoming uh, and you might not want to overcome it just because of that because it will make you feel vulnerable but it's like you can't pat yourself up unless you actually notice the cuts and the bruises on your skin so you have to be ready for that sort of thing Religious experiences, <laughs> never mind, I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> or actually, well, 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 my point is that th there's gonna be something that's guiding you. And you can think of it in terms of values, uh, principles. Like, before you start wondering about how to deal with a toxic family, for example, you need to understand the differences in values and principles between you and your family, right? And that might be what you think those values and principles are, but it might also be in the way that you act. So you might think of you might think of yourself as being different from your parents, but in actuality you act in very similar ways to them. You might find yourself being somewhat violent uh, towards your pet. You might criticize yourself in the same way that your parents do, which is something that happens in abusive families um, you may also find yourself being afraid of such separation because it's fairly well because it's fairly complicated yeah you might just want to give up before you even attempt doing something to help it you might find yourself being comfortable you know in that mess uh, in that sort of abusive relationship being wholly dependent um, even on it. The thing is though, as I said before, uh, you can't simply separate your way of being in different situations so radically as to be that submissive, uh, dependent, anxious person in one situation and then to be an assertive, independent and confident uh, individual in any other situation. Uh, no, you're most likely gonna uh, carry this further in your life and, and, and you know, find yourself being in a toxic, uh, abusive relationship, being taken advantage of at work or in school. And I think that it's fair to say that that isn't reasonably desirable. But then again, 
that's what's going to happen unless you break this down and try to understand how the relationship works, how, how you relate to it and what would be the sort of change that you uh, have to see in yourself in order for you to overcome all of this. Yeah, I, I think I've said enough. Look to the Thanks for listening.